Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Praise God. Can we get the nice slide just to show him, show everybody how good looking um, the man of God is here tonight. Anyway, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, saints of the Most High God, we have... Um, obviously, uh, somebody, Dr. Dr. David MacDonald, who was recently given a doctorate through Wagner uh, University and I uh, believe Apostle Dr. Cheon, uh, who actually inferred that upon him. And then also in his own standing, uh, many see him as an apostle and prophet in the nations, certainly travels. God has opened up magnificent doors. He literally called me, I think it was Monday, uh, Tuesday of this week and says, hey, I'm coming. Uh, he just spent some time in in South Korea and Hong Kong. He called me from either one of the two countries to say he was just about to get on his flight, gets to his house in South Carolina, probably spends one day there and gets on more planes to be here with us. And so, um, and then there's so much more that he's going to before this year ends, which is quite amazing. So we're very honoured to have him. Um, You know, the Bible says he receives a a prophet. Well, basically, let me just reword the vernacular. He receives a prophet in a prophet's anointing will partake of that anointing. I mean, will receive of that anointing. So lend your ear to the voice of the Lord and be ministered tonight. So um, more than that, one more thing I want to go ahead and say, and he'll probably say this himself. Um, I know Prophet David, Apostle David for, for since I would, I mean, as far as I remember, 1996 probably, that was the last time I could remember. It probably goes all the way back to 1994 where he was um, first and foremost uh, 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 good friends with my mom and dad. And uh, he can tell you a little bit more about that if, if, if time will allow. Um, but we're so blessed. This is a long, long standing relationship, a trusted resource to the body of Christ. And so without any further ado, Prophet David, come on up and speak the Word of the Lord. And then um, also, if I can have um, Pastor Sharon, please, would you come and sit in the front over here? We don't want you in the back. Sorry, we're not picking on you, but come sit up. We want to honour you. We love you very much, woman of God. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give God a big hand. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, let me just say this, that I knew, I met Pastor, I I think he's more of an apostle, and uh, when he was seven years old, and I'll never forget, he he was sucking on a sherbet rocket. You know what sherbet is? It's like fizzy stuff. But his mom and dad actually commissioned us years ago. I'm speaking about, wow, in the, when we lived in 89, 90. That's when his mum and dad laid hands on us, prayed in our house. We was just so close as family. And I'll never forget, every time I saw Pastor Mark, he was eating. That's, that's what I remember. And so what a blessing. Praise God. Yes, we just got back from Korea. And then I'm home for an, a night or two. And then I leave for Alaska. I've been in Alaska for a couple of days. And then I go to LA. And then I fly to Singapore. And then my, day, my, then my year is finished. And then I come home and I spend Christmas with my family and then it happens all over again. And so it's important for you to understand we are in a season in the church of transition. God has to bring transformation in your hearts. 
And so that's why I'm speaking on the topic that I'm speaking on because it's an important topic. And tonight, I just want to speak about the fact that you are an equipped church. Amen. Amen. Come on. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, but Lord, more than anything else, I thank you that you've placed your spirit on the inside of us, God. And this is a moment in time that the church needs to arise into everything that she is. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. And so when Pastor Mark get, got up here tonight and he started to prophesy that word, it was like, wow, that, we could have gone home right after that. Because that is exactly what God is saying to the church in the season. He's got to move us. Listen to me. He's got to move the church from a membership mentality to a kingdomship mentality. We've got to understand that we are part of a kingdom. We've got to understand that we are an equipped church. And if I can just grab my phone, I want to read you a scripture out of the Passion Translation. Because tonight I'm not speaking to babies here. I'm not speaking to babes here tonight. I'm speaking to the mature bride. How many of you are the mature bride? You are the mature bride. I'm speaking to people that are mature, that's been in church, that heard a word, you've had prophetic words, you've been around the Spirit of God. So let me just show you in the Bible an amazing scripture, and then we're going to get into some stuff. If you've got your Bible with you, you can go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, because I understand that, you know, we're in different stages of development and maturity. I understand that. But how many of you sense that we've just stepped into a season where the church now has to start to take back territory? Come on, on, we can do better than that. Because we're still battling with how we positioned. We still battle in our minds. You know, I meet a lot of people. We still battle of how God sees us. Does God love us? Will I get to heaven? That's not the type of discussion you should be having right now. What you should be having right now is the fact that God's called you for such a time as this. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got giftings and your anointings and that you've got to step into your assignment and start to realize that there's a clarion call going on around the world and it's all about global revival. This is not about just getting a prophetic word to go home and say, well, that guy was on. No, you've got to start to position yourself in the season. You've got to take up your cross. You've got to get around the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You've got to identify your gifts and you've got to become visual. Say visual. We're not visual out there. You know, how many of you know that whatever happens in Israel is really a prophetic type and shadow of what's happening in the church? Yes. How many of you know that? Yes. I met, my wife's Jewish. She's a Messianic Jew. She loves Jesus, but she's Jewish. You, I mean, you can, get, you can take her out of Israel, but you can't get the Jew out of her. She's a Jew. I'm married to a Jewess. She speaks to me in all sorts of gibberish sometimes. When I go out the door, she says, make sure you got some chutzpah. It's like, okay, got the chutzpah. But, you know, when you sit around her and, you know, we started speaking about what was happening on the 7th of October. Do you know how prophetic that was to what was going on in the church? When that enemy, and by the way, we love Israel. 
Don't get me wrong here, but when we saw what happened on that fateful day on the 7th of October, just a few weeks ago, the Lord spoke to both Dee and myself and said, the enemy slipped in behind the border of this nation while they were sleeping. Come on, somebody. They were sleeping. And by the way, Israel has the most modern listening in equipment in the whole world. They can hear a bird pass wind. If you understand that language. They can hear frequencies. They have all sorts of equipment underground, above the ground to hear people come through tunnels. They, they can hear. They have all sorts of amazing equipment to pick up sound, but yet they could not pick up the moment those people broke through the border. And the Lord spoke to me and He said, this is the season where the church, the modern day church, the modern day pride, bride must know her equipment. You've got to know what you possess because it's almost like we modicoddled the church. And that's why we've got to get out of this membership mentality because members get offended real quick. But when you connect it to the army of God, I was in the military. You can get offended all day long with your sergeant major. You didn't just walk out the camp. That was called AWOL. Okay, I won't go there. But anyway, so let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, because I'm making a point tonight. You are the equipped church. I'm not speaking to babies. I'm speaking to a mature bride that is, that is moving up. That you've, you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You are in, maybe in different stages of development and maturity. But listen to what 2 Peter verse 1, 3 says out of the Passion Translation. It says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. Yes. Say everything. Yes. Say it again. Everything. Yes. Everything you need. Yes. Everything you need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name. By name, you've been called by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. In other words, we are not limited to the purposes and plans. We're not limited. We're only limited to our own mind and emotion. That's what limits people. We're only limited to what we feel the natural realm is doing to us. But I'm not limited as a man of God in the, in, the, in the auspice of God. I'm not limited. I'm totally have more lavished upon me. I'm walking in more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. And we all use those words. We get up, we pray, Lord, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus' name, but I can't even go out the back door. I'm the conqueror of my lounge room. I'm the conqueror of the kitchen. Hallelujah. But I never seem to see people actually conquering nations and taking back regions. And now there's a fight going on in all the schools around America because we allowed other people to take territory that we abdicated. We abdicated our authority. We didn't step up and use the equipment. We allowed everybody else to take whatever they needed to take. Now there's a fight going on for your lives of your children. I was in Hawaii a few weeks ago, and the next day when I arrived in Honolulu, they had a big gay parade. 
And I don't even want to call them gay because they're not gay. They're miserable. The homosexuals were, and, I, and the next morning I sat down with, there was like 50 pastors I was speaking to, and I said to them, it's your fault. Well, yeah. let me tell you, I, you, might, you might as well just suck the oxygen out of the room. I said, it's your fault that these people are marching because you want to be polite and you want to coexist with a demonic culture. You've got to rise up in the season and you've got to start to say, no, we're going to draw the line in the sand and we're going to be seen as the army of God and we're not going to be polite and we're not just going to coexist with cultures, but we're going to change cultures and bring it into the culture of the kingdom. And the way you do that is that you wake up on the inside and you say, God, I thank you that I'm more than a conqueror and I have the equipment to be able to face the enemy because God has already dealt a blow to the enemy. The devil's already defeated. We have to go in there and we have to reinforce that defeat by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because, but if you just sit around week after week, and let me tell you right now, I know the DNA of this man. I know the DNA of this church. This is an active supernatural atmosphere where you'll come in and you'll hear the Word of God preach and guess what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna develop and you're gonna emerge into a fivefold leader in this house. Certainly that's what I believe because I've been around him for a little while. Amen, come on. And so um, I looked at his shirt tonight and I'm thinking, gee, that's a nice shirt. But you see, I'm a guy of detail. I like detail. And so I looked at his shirt, and guess what his shirt's full of? Maps. It's like, man, this guy's got a prophetic shirt on. He's walking in the prophetic mindset of God in terms of what God wants to do in the city. He's wearing the map. Okay. And so let's look at another scripture, Philippians 1.6. And I'm just laying foundation tonight for you to pick up on what I'm saying. Because some of you are ready. Some of you know your assignment. Some of you have mothballed your calling. Some of you have mothballed certain things. Some of you just waiting for the rapture. And I wish I can go there. Some of you are just hanging around, just saying, well, you know, we just want to be part of a nice church. Well, those days are coming to an end quickly. You've got to start to find your equipment, make sure that you're gifted, make sure that you understand your land that you're running in, make sure what going, what's going on in your life carries weight, amen, come on. Everywhere you go, you change atmospheres. Everywhere you go, pe- there's no misunderstanding. People know what you believe. People know what you are. There's no ambiguity, amen, come on. It's not like we don't really understand. Are they? No, they know because when you step into an atmosphere, it changes, you are you strong. You're objective, amen. You're intentional. Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of just being, no, nobody knows about you. You're just a bunch of people that sit in a church somewhere in Lafayette, but nobody really knows or cares about what you do because really you don't really care about what you do. I know that's pretty strong, but let's just realize something. So Philippians 1, I love Philippians 1, because when you read how Paul writes this, Paul writes this very eloquently, and he says, I'm convinced of this very thing. Listen to what he says. I am convinced of this very thing, that he who started a good work, say good work. work. When When you got born again, and you came and you said, Jesus, 
I want you to be my savior. Something happened in the power and the gravity and the law of the spirit. And you were filled with God right in that moment. The, the, that, that, that power of the kingdom was, was, was you, you, you conceived something on the inside of you. And Philippians, it says, and that he that started a good work, say good work, in you will bring it to completion and develop it. So while you're sleeping, while you're watching your favorite football game, while you're eating fried chicken, while you, whatever you're doing, God says, I'm completing my work. Every time you come into the presence of God, bang, God's adding to you. He's adding to you. He's getting you around other people. He's developing grace. He's developing mercy. He's developing your gift. He's honing your skills. Every time you receive a prophetic word, something's going on on the inside of you. Come on. So you don't have an excuse. We have all these excuses. And the big excuse I find everywhere I go is, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And God says, I've been waiting on you for 3,000 years. When are you going to rise up and become verbal and visual? Say verbal and visual. Meaning that you're going to go out. How many of you know that we're part of a sending gospel? This is a sending relationship. This is not like just hang in here and just become the chosen frozen. Amen. There are too many chosen frozens around. We just hang here. We don't, there's, people don't see us. The only thing they see is the fish on the backside of our car. Some people's cars are actually held together by all the fish stickers. <laughs> Woo! I remember when I first came to Louisiana, I went to a place called Jonesville, Louisiana. I've been coming, by the way, I've been coming to, to Louisiana since 1996. I'm amazed I don't look like some of you. <laughs> I remember I went to this little place in Jonesville and, and we're doing this meeting there and the pastor said, Pastor David, do you want to do some ministry in the streets? I said, yeah, absolutely. So on the Saturday, we went out to hand out pamphlets and stuff. And I love that because that's where our ministry started. Years back in South Africa, we started in the streets. We did Norn in Fishhook. And um, anyway, so we in Jonesville, I'm walking around this little country town up north. And um, I saw there's a car there and the registration, you call it a registration number? A tag. On the, on the front of the car said, Jesus is my pilot. So I assumed that the driver of that car, which was a woman, is a born again Christian. She must love the Lord. So I got so excited. I ran over to the car with all my pamphlets and I stuck my head in the window and I said, good morning, ma'am, how are you doing? She said, get your blinkly blink, 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 blink head out of my car. I'm thinking, she stole that. There's no, she stole this car. There's no way you can have Jesus is my pilot on the front of your vehicle and act like a beer sucking heathen. There's just no, it doesn't match. Something's wrong with that whole picture. And so why am I saying that to you? Because sometimes we create such a false sense to the world out there because they don't see the power of God that we actually assigned to or we speak about all the time. Because how do you know the world works with some of you? 
So they must be confused. And so what we've got to do is we've got to realize that we are in a season where God needs to mobilize this church. And God will use the prophetic. God will use the worship. God will use the word of God. He uses all sorts of amazing differences or different influences to influence you, but he's got to mobilize you. And I believe prophetically we are in a season where God wants to mobilize you. God wants to mobilize. And what does the word mobilize mean? God wants to move you. God wants to get you activated. God wants to get you connected to your assignment. God wants you to start to realize, hey, you're not, we've only got one shot at this before he gets back here. Amen, come on. That we are in a season. How many of you know that we are in the third hour? I believe that. I believe that we are closer to the, the return of Jesus than we've ever been before. We've got to be activated. And this environment here, you've got to realize this is not just a place where people can come in and be members. We don't do membership. Certainly not in our organization. We call our organization a movement. We're in a movement. This is a place where you're going to come in and you're going to get built up. You're going to get, you're going to get connected to your gifting. We're going to raise you up. We're going to birth you. We're going to invest into your life. We're going to activate you. The prophetic realm is thick in this house. You ought to be building and going and growing like never, never before. Amen, come on. And so, and so when I look at all these scriptures, 2 Peter 1, that you've already received everything you need. Philippians 1, 6, that, he, that which he started in you will come to full completion and he'll develop you. So the question that you need to ask yourself in the season, how do I mobilize myself in terms of the equipment that I'm carrying? What are you carrying? Just to name a few. You're carrying the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit's not just there for you to speak in tongues. It's the power of God. It's the power of God on the inside of you so that you manifest the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go. I can tell you story after story after story as we've traveled around the world that we've seen and we've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, not just in meetings, yeah, where we just prophesying and doing all the stuff because this is the environment, but when we leave this house and we go into all the world, you're actually carrying the glory of God with you. Yeah, Amen, come on, I was running in Sydney airport, running through the airport with a friend of mine because we were late to run, we ran up to Qantas, to the Qantas counter, listen to this, and the woman at the counter fell over. So my charismatic brain th thought, well, she must be born again. So I said, oh, you, are you born again? She said, no, I'm an atheist. But what happened when you ran up to the counter, a power or, a, or some type of force knocked me over. And you know, the Lord said to me, he said, why are you surprised? Come on, church. And I'm, sorry, I'm thinking, whoa. That is amazing. Then I'm in Hawaii walking with my wife and, and the Lord shows me a woman walking far away. She's coming towards us. The Lord speaks to me and says, when she comes near you, she is gonna fall on the ground. She's gonna vomit. She's gonna get sick. She's gonna cuss God and I'm gonna touch her life. So I'm walking with my wife. I'm trying to be romantic. Honolulu. I'm just thinking, honey, it's you know, the waves and the, I'm not gonna do the hula right now. 
But I want to tell you, that woman came from yet to this lamp away. She fell on the ground. She started to manifest. She started to vomit. She started to cuss God. And guess what God said to me? Why are you surprised? We're surprised. But yet we're carrying the power of the Holy Ghost. We carry the power of heaven. Amen, come on. I walked into a bank. I just wanted money. I mean, I didn't want to steal it, but I, I just walked into the, the bank and, I, and I'm standing in the bank and the next thing, whoom, the power of God's in the bank. And I'm just, and I'm starting to weep. I'm thinking, God, you know, I don't want to weep. I just want to draw some money. I look up at the teller, she's weeping. So I stick my hand through the glass. I mean, not through the literal glass. I'm not that good yet. I just put my hand underneath, you know, the little thing. Just put my hand in there, grabbed her by the hand, and she just starts to sob and sob and sob and tell me her life story. And God says, why are you surprised? Are you hearing what I'm saying, people? You carry the equipment of heaven. You carry, you've been initiated. You've been brought into relationship. You're no longer separated. You're no longer an alien. You're now a son and a daughter of the King. You are seated with Jesus. As He is, so are you in this world now. We've got to get the church to arise. We've got to get the church out of this constraint attitude and this offended attitude. And we've got to say, no, Lafayette belongs to the Lord. We're going to get out there and we're going to get back into the field of evangelism, and we're going to get people saved and healed and delivered and set free. Stop looking for a perfect church because you'll never find one. Amen, come on. You've got to settle where you are, put your roots down and start to grow and get connected and get in partnership and stop looking around for the grasses not greener on the other side. You've got to grow, bloom where you planted. Just start a bloom. And so, so let me just transition now because that was just my introduction. Hallelujah. We have got to realize something, guys. Listen, when I was living in South Africa, there was a book they wrote called The Power of One. How many of you remember The Power of One? It was called The Power of One. But when the voice becomes the power of many... There's revival and there's breakthrough. And when one person in South Africa started speaking about racism, a whole community of people came into alignment with the one voice and the one voice broke off the spirit of apartheid in South Africa and the nation came into a freedom. In church, when you and I start understanding the power of one and we come into agreement with the word of God, the power of many then becomes the expression that the city needs to hear. So wherever they go in the city, people are hearing the same message from you, from you, from you, from you, from you. Wherever you go, you speak in a message of restoration and reconciliation and life and joy and peace and Jesus and God and the Father and everybody hears the same consistency of the message in Oklahoma, in South Carolina, in wherever you live in the great state of Louisiana. And people think, wow, these guys must be in unity. Wow, these guys must understand how the kingdom of... Because wherever we go, we're hearing the same message. 
and everybody seems to be on track. Because there came a life in the life of, there became a time in the life of the disciples. Listen to this. There was a moment that Jesus, listen, created a platform for the 12 disciples. Let's go to Luke 6. Are you guys okay? This is a prophetic season. You can't ignore what went on in Israel as something that just happened. You've got to realize that that was a prophetic sign to the church. How does a group of Hamas soldiers get into Israel with all the equipment, with all the security, with all the defense they had and kill 1,400 people? The nation was sleeping. And that's the sad reality. A group of them were actually dancing at a new age party and the army was sleeping literally in their barracks. And, the, and these guys drove through the border in big bulldozers. You want to tell me you couldn't hear that noise? Something's wrong. And the Lord spoke to me and said, while we sleep and while we become the, the beautiful bride, We've, we've not become the glorious bride. See, a big difference between a bride that sits in front of the mirror and combs her hair and a bride that's got a sword in her hand ready to fight. And the church, the modern day church, we're just sitting around combing our hair. We're all adorned, but we're just looking in the mirror. Oh, how beautiful I am. And Jesus says, you've missed the point, how beautiful He is. How beautiful He is. And you should be the expression of who He is. Not the expression of who you are. And if you can get that, everything changes because now I don't do it for me, I'm doing it for Him. Amen. And Jesus looks at these disciples, you're going to be my disciples. Amen. You're like in this yoga stance. And so we're going to look at you and we're going to say, so Jesus comes to them and says, you know what I'm going to do with you? I'm going to get you out of fellowship into doership. I'm going to get you to, because with, how many of you, they followed him for three years. They followed him all around. They, did every, they looked at him. He was doing all these things. And then one day Jesus says, no, I'm going to create a platform, a global platform for you dudes, but I'm going to have to call you out of a followership mentality into a leadership mentality. I'm going to have to call you out of a membership mentality into a going mentality. Because let me show you what happens. Don't look at me like that. Amen. Come on. Believe me, by Monday, you'll love me. By Monday, I'll be like sugar daddy to you. Right now, I'm salt to you. And I'm going to put that salt in your wounds. Because some of you have been, dri been driven by circumstances. You've been driven by the wrong instructions. You've been driven by all sorts of stuff. You should be driven by the Holy Ghost. You should be ready to take back your city. You should be ready. You should be like, I am so ready. So let's go to have a look. Let's go to the Bible. Because Jesus had to create a platform for the 12 disciples. They had to transition from followers to leaders. Say followers. followers. Now, how many of you know we all follow Jesus? But there comes a point in our life where God makes that transition. He says, okay, I need you to move from being a convert to the disciple to a leader. 
Because how many of you know that most of the church today, we're full of, there's, the church is full of converts? But we haven't transitioned from being a convert to a disciple. And then we've got to, we, we, I'm still a disciple of Jesus, but I've transitioned into a place of being commissioned to go into all the world. And God says, I've got this amazing army on the earth that doesn't know who she is yet because she doesn't understand commissioning yet. Ooh, okay, I wish I can go there. You've got to understand you are in the, you're at the point of commissioning. And that, that doesn't mean we're going to hand each of you a certificate and we're going to give you a robe and we're going to anoint you and knight you as a, whatever it is. No, we're going to speak prophetically over you and say, you need to make a difference in the city you live in. Now, can I just say this to you? I was in Hong Kong and I started to walk around the city and pray for the city. And I looked at all, I mean, they have more high rise buildings there than you can shake a stick at, whatever that means. But there's just millions <laughs> Of high-rise buildings, hundreds, hundreds of high-rise buildings. And you know what the Lord said to me? Every building's a city. And so when I got all the people together, I said, how many of you want to see revival in the city? And they all put their hand up. I said, but every one of you live, how many of you live in one of these apartment buildings? And all of them live there, so they all put their hand up. I said, that's your city. You've got to look at that apartment building as your city. So wherever you live and have your being is your city. So when you go back into your neighborhood, you've got to say, God, I thank you that I've been equipped to take this neighborhood. Come on. We've got to mobilize you. And so let me read this. So Luke 6, 12. So in those days it occurred that he went up into a mountain. But let me read this. Let me read verse 10. Then he glanced around at them all and said to them, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was fully restored like the, like the other one. But they were filled with the lack of understanding and senseless rage and disgust consulted with one another what they might do to Jesus. You'll always have those people with you. Verse 12. Now in those days it occurred that he went up into a mountain to pray. Say good idea. He went up into the mountain to pray. How long did he pray for? The whole night Jesus spent time praying. Why? Because he was about to establish and commission a group of people into active ministry. Come on. And then it says, and then when it was day, he summoned his disciples and selected from them 12. Now, can I ask you, how many people do you think gathered there that day? Do you think there was 12 or was there 120 or was there 400? I think there was 120 and out of them, he selected 12 and called them apostles. Something happened. There was a shift. And I'm telling you tonight that God's about to shift some of you. God's about to shift you. God's about to shift your church. God's about to shift you. People just want you to be a happy pastor. Just be, just be happy. God says the days of being polite are over. You've got to shift people into position of responsibility. You've got to realize that God's going to shift some of you. You're going to see a shift happen. You're going to see a shift happen. While I've been speaking tonight, the Holy Ghost is all over you. You haven't stopped weeping since I've started preaching. 
What's that about? I'll tell you, God is showing you some things and you sensing a deep conviction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I watched you worship tonight. What's your name? Matthew, I watched you. I stalked people with my eyes. I watched you. And when I watched you worship, the Lord says, I am forming him to become an instrument in my hand to take back territories. You are going to bring people into the kingdom from universities all around this area. There's some of you here that have been waiting and trusting. Something just fell off my ear. Thank you. My ears are too small. And so this couple of years, God is about to shift you. God is about to bring you into alignment to your assignment. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the activity of God is going to start to go to another level in the season. Some of you need to be shifted in the spirit. It's some of you, how many of you feel unsatisfied? Don't put your hand up, but I can tell you right now, some of you are feeling dissatisfied. And you may think, well, I'm dissatisfied with the parking in the parking lot. I'm dissatisfied. That, that, the seat's not warm enough in the toilet. I'm dissatisfied with the coffee cups. I'm dissatisfied. No, you're not dissatisfied with the natural. What's happening in your life, God is getting you dissatisfied with normality. Come on. Normality. Well, I'm just so bored. You know, can I tell you something in America? We have so many freedoms in America. We become bored with God. We're bored with God. So whenever we come into a meeting like this, something unusual has to happen. Otherwise, we feel dissatisfied. There wasn't enough smoke. There wasn't enough lighting. There wasn't enough this. They didn't do this. And so we need all the stimulus all the time. We have to get stimulated by all these external stimulants because we are not plugged into the Holy Ghost. Come on, we've got to stay. No, Jesus said, if these guys sat around any longer, they would get bored. They would get, because how many of you know they were all religious dudes? And Jesus said, no, I need to do something. So it says, and it was there, he summoned his disciples and selected from them 12 who he named apostles. Let's go to Luke 9. Let me show you the continuation of that because it doesn't stop there. Then Jesus called together the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority. Say power and authority. Some of you are walking in power and authority. Are you guys listening at the back there? Because you're having a party while I'm talking. So you need to start to zone in to what I'm saying. You've got to realize God's given you power and authority. You've got to realize that this is not just another religious thing we're doing. You've got to realize that there's a city out there going to hell on a dime. And we've got to become responsible. So we've got to stand and pull our big, our big pants on, belt our big pants and say, this is for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Otherwise, we just go through all the stuff. We just come here week after week. And Jesus said, no, there has to be a generation of people that are going to have to rise up and do some stuff. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen? Come on. And if men don't step up to become great fathers and husbands that actually emulate and actually make sure their kids can see an example, then we're on the slippery slope of religion. Religion has done more damage in this state. And you guys know what I'm talking about. So this is not just a sideshow that he does once a year. This church has a destiny and a purpose.
and you're about to go through a, gr- a great growth spurt, but you've got to be ready. You've got to be positioned. You've got to know your gifting. You've got to know your anointing. You've got to know your mantle. You've got to know your assignment. Amen. Come on. You've got to know this stuff. And, so, and, and then it says, and he sent them out to announce and preach the kingdom of God and to bring healing. And he said to them, do not take anything for you. And he gets into this whole big thing about how God will actually look after these disciples as they went because he didn't want them to get the instruction from the circumstances. He wanted them to hear the voice of God. Come on, let me say that again. Some of us are hearing, getting our instruction from the circumstances, from the people you mix with, from the people that are dissatisfied, from the people that are just thinking, well, this is a big joke. And so we get our instruction from the natural realm and we think we're doing God a favor, but yet we're not listening to the voice of God. So the, the action or the, or the witness of what we bring is substandard because we're not hearing the voice of God We are living off the instruction of men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because let me tell you something, man. Your circumstances can become a voice to you. I've been so long in church, nothing ever going to happen. And that becomes your instruction. I've been around church, God doesn't heal anymore. That's an instruction. So you're hearing false instructions instead of plugging into the voice of God and being intimate with God. Listen to me. Intimacy with God is going to be where you need to be. If you're not intimate with the voice of God, you're going to receive all sorts of outside stuff that's going to make you feel comfortable. And let me tell you, sir, that we are in a season with God where you should not feel comfortable. If you're acting out, it tells me there's something wrong with the value that you carry. Your value is different to the kingdom value because any person with any percentage of God in them will know the signs and the times we're living in. This is not a time to play. This is not a time to think it's circus time. This is a time to get your weaponry out, to get your sword out, to make sure that Mark 16 and all these different Ephesians chapter 6 is is happening in your life. I'm fully armed and I'm weaponized to do warfare. That's where we are. And then what's going to happen, God's going to bring prophetic people around you that aren't going to give you what I call serial box prophecies. Those days are over. You don't need any more Rice Krispie prophecies. What you're going to have is you're going to have the larger prophet come back in your midst. And when those prophets speak, it's going to be heavy. Because God's more interested in your soul, sir, than your comfort. And all we've wanted over the years is the prophet bring a comfortable word so I can go home and feel comfortable. But those days are changing because there's an, a, a larger mantle. In actual fact, the larger mantle is, is resting on this house. Amen. And when the, when the prophet speaks, you're going to hear stuff that other people don't hear. But I want to tell you what the, what the response will be. There will be such activity in your spirit that you will not be able to ignore it. And we'll see young women like this rise up in their right in their their youth, and they're going to become a voice. They're going to become a stone in the sling. Because we all think, well, she must be, she has to be 25 
No, God's going to use you. God's going to use these young women. God's going to use some of you people sitting here thinking, well, God's never used me. Well, you're going to start waking up at night with dreams and visions and you won't be able to sleep for weeks and suddenly you're going to realize that God's mobilizing you and He's putting His Spirit on the inside of you and you can't just... How many of you ever saw that movie, Liar, Liar? Years ago, there was a movie. What was the dude's name? Jim Carrey. I think he's born again now. I hope so for his sake. And there was a mistake. He couldn't lie. Do you remember that movie? He couldn't lie. He just couldn't lie. And that should be your, you shouldn't be able to walk. You should be so filled with God, you can just tell the truth. I, I, I was on TBN. I, need to sh- I told the truth in TBN on Invito, Texas. They never had me back. <laughs> and actually, in fact, somebody came. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. They asked me, they said, tell them how God's going to move in this area of Vida, Texas. I said, you must be kidding me. God ain't going to move in Vida, Texas until you all come into a place of repentance and repent for the terrible racism of Vida, Texas. Well, the next day, a dude arrived there with a gun and shot, I don't know how many rounds through that studio in Orange, Texas. And I was sitting in the green room the day before and every shot went right through the green room. Praise God, I wasn't there. You see, some of you don't want to tell the truth. And God says, you're, you're my equipped bride. You're weaponized to tell the truth. You're, 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 you're packaged to tell the truth. And so yeah, we see one day Jesus says, I'm calling you out of discipleship training mode into apostolic leadership mode. This nation needs leadership. This city needs leadership. Amen. Come on. You, everybody in the city is looking at the church. You're the hope of the nation. But if you don't understand that you are, you are an equipped bride, you'll just hang around. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding the thread of what I'm trying to say? You've got to start thinking. I'm, I'm here for such a time as this. God says, I'm giving you power. Listen, I've given you power and authority over all sickness and demons. I've called you to make a mess of the domain of the enemy. I've called you to go in and take back territory. Show me what you're going to do with what you've seen, heard, and experienced. What have you seen? Anybody ever seen a miracle? I've seen miracles. So God is saying to us tonight, what are you going to do with what you have? I've weaponized you. I've given you all things. I've blessed you. You have my spirit on the inside. You should be so full of compassion that you can't go to Costco and not pray for somebody in aisle 10. You should be looking all the time for somebody. You know, I heard this the other night. I was so touched that every person that you come in contact with has a little pilot flame. Do you know that? There's a little flame in every person's life and soul. And when we discount that, when we ignore that every person, some people's flames are this big, some people don't even have a flame, they have a fire, but there's some people that are a little flame. And if you were just obedient enough and took the time to scan the crowd and say, God, I'm going to hone in on that man's little flame and I'm going to speak into that flame and I'm going to cause him to realize that God is for him and not against him. I am so tired of hearing preachers tell people how 
how bad they are, how stupid they are, how sinful they are, and you'll never get anywhere. We ought to go back in there and we need to feed that flame on the inside of them and show them that they're carrying the gold of the kingdom on the inside and give them this great opportunity to go out there and reconstruct areas and spiritual atmospheres over their city. Be a reconstruction person. Go in there and say, we're going to reconstruct the atmosphere over Lafayette. We're going to reconstruct the whole atmosphere over our schools. We're going to reconstruct it because we can. Amen. Come on. And so we've got to be confident. You've got to be, there's some of you sitting here that you've battled with, with a lack of confidence. You don't have any courage. People told you, whatever they told you, you've got to realize tonight, you have the confidence of Jesus. You are, being, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places unless you're not saved. Amen. But you've got to get confident in this season. You've got to get bold in the season. You've got to push through all the stuff. Everybody, what is your name? Kurt, Kurt and? Tasha. You married? Yes. Hold hands. I asked somebody to hold hands the other day. They, weren't even, they didn't even know each other. <laughs> God is going to show you, Kurt and Tasha, you're about to push through some things. You're about to push through some stuff, brother. The voices are going to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until you're not going to hear them anymore. But 2023 going into 2024 is going to be your year of testimony and breakthrough. I'm telling you tonight. You're going to see amazing stuff. You're going to see the most ridiculous things happen. You're going to look at him and say, how did this happen? This, is, this was not even on the map because it looked so ridiculous. And God says, I'm putting every dream, every desire, everything you've carried as a couple back on the table. And the doubt and the fear that started to rise up in you, Kurt, you're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty man. You're a great breadwinner. You're a provider. You're more than a conqueror. You're, you're, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. God says, I'm going to get your voice back. Because there was a season where you had a voice. But because of all the other voices, you lost your voice. And God says, I'm giving you your voice back. You can take that to the bank. Do you understand? There are people sitting here, well, I can't do much. Well, let me tell you right now, you guys sitting right here, what's your name? Stephanie, Stephanie and? Oh, married? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hold hands. <laughs> there is a dynamic call on your life. There's a dynamics on you. Listen to me, sister. You carry a prophetic anointing. Yes. You've got to get it out. You've got to stir it up. Because now, sometimes over the last couple of months, you've been feeling, well, maybe I'll put my foot in my mouth. No, you told the truth. You, you said some stuff that rattled religious stuff in people. You, you bound the religious spirit. And both of you, look at me, brother, because you think, well, she's all strength. I just have to walk in her shadow because she's all cool. Listen to me. You've got to take your position. You are called for such a time as this. Both of you have a call of God on your life. There's some of you sitting here thinking, oh Lord, I can't do much. I don't have very much. Yes, you have. You have an anointing to speak into the lives of children. What's your name? Yes. You've got this amazing anointing to speak into the, you have this creative anointing to speak and to, you speak 45,000 words a minute. It's like you have verbal diarrhea. I wish you would give other people the diarrhea. 
You've got to speak the word of the Lord, honey. You've got to declare it over the schools. You've got to get into the hospitals. You've got to get into areas where you can take care of people. Listen to me. There's some of you here that carry the most amazing giftings. You're equipped. Say, I'm equipped. Some of you old dudes over here, you need to start to rise up and say, hey, I'm equipped. I'm fully equipped. I'm more than, uh, come on, you've been hanging around church all of your life. Amen. How long have you been saying, well, I've been in the way 40 years. Well, maybe you should get out of the way. Or get in the way, but do something with what you carry. David, you and your wife are going to see people come to your home. I saw people coming to your home and I saw people getting healed and delivered and set free. Marriages getting healed. Your home is going to be a place where it's going to be called a sanctuary. People are going to come to your house and they're going to get healed. I saw people walking out of your house weeping and just absolutely delivered and set free. And then this guy with 3068, do you know how profound that is? 3068, you need to go look it up. Hallelujah. And what does it mean? Yes. So you guys, are you a couple? Thank you, Jesus. So, so let me tell you, there's a dynamic anointing on you to bring the spoils out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have a business anointing that is more than you even can think or understand. And people have told you that the economy of America is shaking. And God says, no, you've got to realize the economy that you connected to will never shake. So you've got to get positioned to receive insight and information and the, this amazing ability to, to receive all these innovative ideas. You're literally just, they were just literally speaking about that. So I saw innovative ideas and all sorts of things being released to you that have never been seen before. And you're going to sit around and you're going to start to say, wow, you know what? God's actually given us a door. 2024 is the year of the door for you. I'm telling you. And you're going to see so much economy explode and be given to you in the next couple of months. So get ready. That's a word. Man, can I be your friend? <laughs> And next time you come, come sit in front because God wants to release stuff over your life. You guys have been groomed to become Joseph's in the house. Amen. Amen. Come on. Don't sit at the back. And I'm not, I'm not saying everybody's bad sitting in the back. But what I'm saying is if you're really serious, come and sit in front and take notes. Okay, let me land this thing. You've got to be confident. You've got to be confident. You've, you've been prepared by God to step onto the stage it's called a global stage. And if you don't step onto the global stage in your city, the devil will. You've got to answer the call that he's, that, he's, he, that he's downloaded in you and you've got to broadcast that call loud and clear. You can't be sitting there saying, I'm a born again Christian and be mute. You've got to be verbal. But this is what the Lord said. You cannot and ever will never be able to mobilize a church without an identity. Say identity. identity. You will never mobilize anybody to take a position of authority unless they understand their authority. 
So when you go to Romans 8.14, what does Romans 8.14 say? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So when I look around this room, I see sons and daughters of God that are led by the Spirit of God, that in that same chapter, it says that not only have you become children of God, but now you become heirs of God. And if you become heirs of God, you now are partakers of the, heir, of the inheritance that Jesus walks in. Whoa. Come on, let me read it to you because some of you are like, I wonder when he's going to stop. Let me, let me just read this because you've got to hear it. Faith comes by. Faith comes by. And hearing by the word. So let's go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8. Listen to what it says. <coughs> For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Underline that in your Bible. You see, you've got to take ownership of sonship. You've got to take ownership of sonship because sons in the house act differently than orphans in the house. Orphans in the house are always defensive and demanding, but sons in the house are always receiving and servant. Sons in the house will serve the house and receive, but orphans in the house will demand and and be defensive. That's how you know. Do you understand? Then it says, for the spirit which you've now received is not the spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. So if you're sitting in an environment like this in fear, you're actually out of order because you don't have the spirit of fear. You don't have the spirit of bondage, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship. Amen, come on. I want to tell you, Paul, you're a son. And you're a beautiful son and God's going to raise you up. There's some of you older men sitting here. I'm going to say this to EC. EC, you're a son. And God's going to start to show you the love of a father like you've never had before. And that thing's going to rise up on the inside of you and the penny's going to drop and you're going to realize that God values you more than anything else. There's some of you older men sitting here that have never been loved. This brother sitting here, you're going to come into a spirit of sonship. I'm telling you. Sonships is a major thing. And I'm not just speaking to the men, but some of the women sitting here, especially women, you've got to come into that place of absolute identity. You are a beautiful bride. I just did a conference in Hong Kong called Her Voice Asia. And suddenly this whole movement, they're expecting next year in October, one million women. Come on, one million. Say one million. And all the women said, Woo! We go to Hong Kong. Listen, listen, it gets better, it gets gooder. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our own Spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are His children, then we are His heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing His inheritance with Him. So what are you sharing? You're sharing the resurrection life. You're sharing the power. You're sharing every gift, every anointing, every miracle, every ability that's in Christ Jesus. So when I'm walking around in the secular world, I'm not of the natural, I am of the spirit. I don't have church once a week. I am the church 24 hours a day. 
I carry the anointing of God. I'm expecting when I walk in restaurants and I walk and wherever I sit, I'm sitting there with all of God's glory on me. I'm, I'm like a glow worm. In Louisiana, you have little bugs that glow all the time out of their bums. Come on, you need to get some light in your bum. And sort of walk around and say, God, give me the light of the Holy Ghost. God, give me the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't want my... You know that God's given us a couple of things that you can't argue about. He says, you're the fragrance of heaven. You're not a stench to God. You're the fragrance of heaven. You're the light of the world. Say, I'm the light of the world. You're not the light to the church. You're the light of the world. And then he says, I've called you to be salt. Do you know that you cannot mess around with salt, with light, and with smell? How many people had COVID? I want to tell you, I can't tell you how many people I've known that had COVID. They can't smell anymore. And if you can't smell, you don't enjoy your gumbo. What's the use of eating gumbo and you can't smell that stuff? And they lost weight. And they said to me, you know, the most miserable thing is we can't smell what we eat. So you are the fragrance of God, people. You are the light of the world and you're the salt of the earth. And so you need to realize, saints, as I bring this to an end, two kingdoms are clashing. Two kingdoms are clashing. That is why you called a king and a priest. You're a conqueror. You're the head and not the tail. You are equipped. You have been weaponized. That's why we need apostolic, prophetic fathers and mothers that will, that will have the boldness and the fortitude to disciple you. When I was ready to go into battle, I was a soldier. And those people that know military, before you went into battle, you didn't just wake up and think, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I should just put, put this in my bag and I'll put that in my, 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 in, my, in my little combat bag and I'll put that in my... And you know what? I won't take that, but I'll take this. No, you had a sergeant major that opened your bag and packed out your bag and said, okay, you need to pack this back in your bag so that you can be ready for combat. That's what we need. So don't be afraid of strong leaders. Don't be afraid of strong apostolic prophetic leaders because they're coming. And they're not going to come and change your diaper and pat you and burp you and make sure you're okay and happy with the milk. Is this okay? Do you like this chocolate milk? No, they're going to come and they're going to start to weaponize you and they're going to call you into your um, assignment and your identity. And then we're going to go to battle and then we're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. So the whole face of the church is about to change. Amen, come on. I went to a men's meeting in England and sometimes these English men are like sour grapes. They're like, like wussies. You know what a wuss is? A wuss. You know what a wuss, we call them wussies here? Is that a bad word? And so we went to this meeting and they said, we're gonna have a men's meeting. And the guy there came, stood up and said, we want you to dress like Braveheart. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a good start. So I got there, I got blue paint. I mean, I had a sword and everything. And I, listen, when someone says Braveheart, I don't think black swan ballerina. 
Do you understand? You know, when somebody says Braveheart, I can see the dudes killing the, in- and I mean, this, I see the blood and the guts. Because they're fighting for their country. See, we speak about warfare and we think it's five old grannies in the back room doing intercession. (laughs) I'm serious. Hallelujah. Where's your intercessors? Well, she's 105. No reference to the 96-year-old we've got here. I'd rather hang with that 96-year-old woman than most intercessors I've met in my lifetime. So what I'm saying tonight, guys, is this. The stage has been set. Say, my stage has been set. I've been weaponized and I've been equipped. So Lord Jesus, so no, say, Lord Jesus, I repent for not being responsible with what I have. So can I get someone on the keyboard? I don't know. Um, you, you come up. Come up, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray in the spirit now. My wife's going to play on the keyboard invisibly for us in just a second. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I know he's probably going to want to minister over it. A few of you, and just before we continue uh, with that, um, we're going to get that keyboard in the background. There we go. Here it comes. The one time, my wife was behind me playing the keyboard, and then I looked behind me, and I could hear the sound of the keyboard, and she'd gone. She'd vanished. I thought, how did that? It's miraculous. I, um, I want to read something here really quickly. And it's so amazing because you mentioned Ephesians chapter 6 just for a quick moment there. And I turned over there and I thought about the bride, the bridegroom, the bride of Christ. And I started to go back into Ephesians 5. And I started to read from verse 13. And it actually ties everything with everything that you shared tonight. By the way, I want to say this. How many of you understand what kind of anointing was operating? There was two two anointings, but one was more prevalent than the other. There were two two offices, two office anointings here. How many of you want to say which, how many of you can say which ones? Apostolic, absolutely. That was the prevalent one. And obviously we'll understand the prophetic. The reason why I'm saying the apostolic anointing was more prevalent than the prophetic anointing, because the apostolic is an empowering anointing. It is an equipping and an empowering and a building anointing. And the, the prophetic ties in with that apostolic anointing. And so anyway, I wanted to just say this. Um, this is, that's just training, school training right now that I'm giving you. What kind of identifying the anointing? Because it's identifiable. Amen? All right, so verse 13, it says here, But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, <laughs> it says, Awake, sleeper. And arise from the dead, 
and Christ will shine on you. We spoke about the sleeping. And then it goes, look what it goes into here. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, for that in that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Of course, we're not going to go and, and, and be drunk with wine, but by, by and large, I want to say this, we can become so drunk in the affairs of life that we are so caught up into it. And God's saying, wake up, wake up. Recognise the hour, the days that are upon us, recognise it. It's easy to be able to say and preach this way because the key here is how many of you realise we've got to stay in the, as, into the closest proximity of the eternal purposes of God. And those purposes are as kingdom endeavours that are manifest through the church. You see, God's kingdom is not going to be made manifest through God coming and doing it all in the earth. No, that's why He gave this thing called the church. We are His hands, we are His feet. We are the ones who are to be mobilised and something key that was said here, and I didn't even say it earlier and I forgot to mention it, is let's not be so caught up in looking for the spectacular that we miss the supernatural. We're waiting for the spectacular thing. God, God is not wanting you to be waiting for the spectacular thing that's going to happen like this series of something. No, 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 you, you, you're missing the point because every day that you're waiting for the spectacular and this thing to happen, you are not becoming the kingdom of God in the earth and you are being paralysed. Yes, Come on, somebody. We can't be found sleeping when we're supposed to be on duty. Are you with me? Awake church. Then it says, wives be subject to your own husbands as the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife and Christ is also the head of the church. I'm going through here really quickly as you can tell. He himself being the saviour of the body, but as the church is the subject as subject to Christ, so also the wives also to be there, to ought to be to their husbands. Husband, loves your wife, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word of God. I just mentioned this: the bride is not to be combing her hair. Are you with me? He sanctified her by the washing of the water of the Word. We're not to be found combing our hair. Come on, somebody, the bride. Come on, I'm, I'm painting a prophetic picture of what the bride looks like. She's beautiful, she's adorned. But let me tell you right now, she's got a sword on the right-hand side and an AR-15 on the other side. And she has got, she has got a, come on, she's got two, she's got a 100 capacity barrel loaded in there, locked and loaded, and she's about to let out some spiritual thought pa, 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 to the forces of darkness. We're going to push some stuff. Come on, we're not talking, we're talking about a glorious bride 
that He is sanctified to Himself by the cleansing of His Word. Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word. What does that mean? He has imputed us with His righteousness. He has done everything that that needs to be done so that we can become that force that cannot be reckoned with in the earth. That apostolic anointing is here tonight. And it's getting us ready for 2024, the year of the open door. I don't mean to rhyme and it's not a crime. (laughs) But God's gonna bless you next year with more than a dime. Hallelujah. Because you're going to need more than a dime to do what the Lord wants you to do. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. While everybody else is speaking, while everybody else is saying destruction, destruction, we will not be that way because we are the children. We are the salt and light of the earth. Everything that we need as the church of God, we will possess, not because we think we're special. We know who He is. We're not trying to promote ourselves. We have a mission and that is to establish the the Kingdom of God and His Lordship. Come on, because if He be lifted, it up, all men will be drawn unto himself. I'm telling you right now, 2024, I'm prophesying we are going to go in and possess the land. We, I cannot, like I'm looking at the calendar and I'm trying to grab myself and pull myself into the year. I'm coming for you. Come on, say that 2024. We are coming for you. Say this, 2024 is my year. We will possess the land. We will be more fruitful than we've ever been. 2024 will be accelerated and we will possess everything that God has for us. I'm not trying to preach you happy here tonight. That's not the point. I'm simply tapping into the atmosphere of what is carried in this ministry. And I'm going, okay, boom, let's plug into this. Because it revs up my juices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the time for the burning ones. It's the time for the conquering ones. It's our hour. Jesus isn't coming back for a church that He feels sorry for. He's coming back for a church who knows their God and will do great and mighty exploits. Come on, come on, come on. Look what you did. So I'm not here to preach a sermon to you because we want to transition. I I asked him, I said, whenever he feels ready just to take a step back before he ministers, if you're going to do that still, okay, he is going to minister. So what we're going to do really quickly, I need four ushers really quickly. 
If we can go ahead and pass out the, oh, we wanna, this is a holy thing. I'm not trying to do it really quickly so we can just get it out of the way because we're treating it like that. We want to pass all of the offering envelopes out. Grab one if you feel led to give, give. If you don't, don't give. If you don't give, we know who you are and we know where you live. <laughs> While they're passing out the envelopes, they will come to you, don't worry. Just focus on what is being said right now. Recognize that we're not just taking an offering for the sake of taking an offering. We are taking an offering because we want to give into the anointing and we want to sow into the gift of God that the Lord has brought to us to leave an impartation with us that is going to that is bringing us into a greater progress in our walk with the with the Lord. Are you with me? There's no pressure. We've got tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. Maybe you never came with your best gift here tonight. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. You've got another opportunity to sow tomorrow. You've got another opportunity to sow tomorrow night. We will be receiving. This is what we do. Most of you that have been to church in your life are not unfamiliar that we bless the men of God and women of God. Are you with me? Let's sow into the anointing here tonight. Before you write anything on your envelopes, those of most of you here are from Destiny Church, you know that if you're writing out checks, make them out to DRM, but before we get there, I want you to ask the Lord, how about doing that? Lord, what is it that you want me to give tonight? And while you're doing that, let me go ahead and say this. We, you know, he didn't come up with this catchphrase of, you know, 2024, for those of you that'll sow $2,024 here tonight, I believe there's at least five of you that can do that. And then he's gonna work his way down and say, for those of you who can give $200.24, maybe $202.40, and then $20.24. We work our way down. By that time, we've guaranteed a lot of money in the offering because people are giving by their emotions and manipulation. Why do we have to go, um, not, not me, why do we have to go down that route to receive? Why can't we just preach the Word of God, let the anointing move, but why is it that we will go and, why is it that we've been suckered into giving under the manipulative spirit that when, when you're in an atmosphere where there's freedom and it's not there, you've been offended by the manipulation, so you stop giving. And when there is an atmosphere of freedom where you actually do it from an authentic spirit, you hold back. Amen. And that authentic spirit says there's no manipulation. Just ask Him what He'd have you do. Ask Him what He'd have you do. Come on, this is a holy moment. Every bit of the offering that comes in tonight goes to David McDonald Ministries. And let me tell you, the Lord's not opening doors to him across the nations of the earth because he has nothing to say. Let me tell you right now, some of us want to go into itinerant ministry. Okay, we'll see if you're worth your salt. Because you've got to have faith to walk in, in the shoes that he's walking in. 
I mean, he might have extraordinary months and then months where there's nothing. He's got to trust God at all times. They've always got to trust God. And it's not even just for him and his own household and whatever they've got to pay for. They, they do stuff on an international level in Africa into philanthropical thing that they fit the bill for. Above and beyond their own needs. Are you with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank You. As people sow tonight. Not out of manipulation. Holy Spirit, You lead Your people. Let them do what You would have them do. We thank You, Father, for those that are not prepared. I thank You, Father, that they have the opportunity to sow tomorrow. And then tomorrow night again. Father, we thank You that we have this gift and this anointing that is able to flow like, like it is. That anointing that is able to flow because we have hungry people here. We thank You, Father, that, that, that by the time it's all said and done and we send Prophet David away, Father, that, that, that we would sow amply into that anointing as a position of honour to what we receive in the mighty Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead really quickly. If we can go through some of the slides, just so I can give you some instruction. Let's go to the next slide after this. Um, all right, so for those of you giving online, you can go to destinyrevivalministries.com. Go to the next slide. Um, then you have these envelopes. You, these are the envelopes you've been given. I want you to take note on the screen. On the bottom right corner, where it says red guest speaker there. The check mark is not there and the red mark is not there. That's just an illustration. Please check that as guest speaker. Amen. If you're tithing, that's not the guest speaker. Amen. Put guest speaker there and it's very clear. That way when we get the envelopes, we are allocating that to that. Then if you're giving online, let's go to the next slide. Um, if you're using this option when you're texting the word give to 33743437 you'll get a link where you can give safely and securely and that link will take you here next slide so if you go to the website directly or you use that link it's going to bring you to this page by the way the website again is www.destinyrevivalministries.com you can click on the invest now your support now along those lines and it will bring a drop down in the drop down, you can clearly select guest speaker in there and you can give. So everything that comes in is easy to allocate and identify so that we make sure every bit of the offering goes to Prophet David MacDonald. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I have to explain this to you guys because that, that we're very clear in our instruction. Amen? Praise God. So while, the, my, while my wife is invisibly playing... We're going to go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and have you stand up on, on this side first and just come and bring your envelopes. If you are giving tonight, just go ahead, stand up and put it in the offering basket, then go back and get back into the same place where you were sitting. If you are sowing anything, there is an offering box to my right. It's okay. Let's go ahead and do that really quickly, then go back into your seats. Thank you, Father. We'll have some baskets instead tomorrow or some sort of, and then our ushers will be able to put it straight into the, the box after that. It'll be more simpler. All right, so, and then on this side, if you have an offering, you can go ahead and place it in the 
offering basket. It's okay. I just want to make everybody feel comfortable. You have tomorrow and tomorrow night to sow as the Lord leads you to sow. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say, we are free here. We are a free church. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you have already been blessed here tonight? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you that giving into the anointing is a very holy thing. We thank you, Father, that as people sow out of their obedience and, and do what you tell them to do, Lord, that uh, we thank you for, for the, the, uh, their obedience, Lord, that there is a blessing that, that resides upon that, Father, as they do that and respond to you. Lord, that is, there is a harvest that is uncontainable in the form of healing, restoration, blessing, and financial increase, Father. Every sphere in the mighty name of Jesus. And while we're in this atmosphere right now, I'm going to invite Prophet David to come up and let him minister as the Lord leads him to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just keep that music playing. Father God, we thank you. You know, I, I just, I'm always so overwhelmed and humbled by the fact that God speaks to us. Now, He may use a donkey, but praise God, He uses people. And the, and the reason why God speaks to us, there's many different reasons, but you, know, you need to realize God is a God of great mercy. So He'll bring a word of encouragement. He'll exhort you. But on the other side of the coin, many times when God speaks, He wants to activate you. He wants to draw you into that assignment. So tonight as I move prophetically, and I'm going to move prophetically tomorrow and Sunday night, in actual fact, probably more or a lot on Sunday night, because I'm speaking about the critical role of the prophet. And so when you hear a word tonight, get your phone out. If I call you up, get your phone out. Be ready. Because I want you to hit record so that you can take that, ho that word home and you can listen to it. And you can listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Because one of the most wasted things right now in church is the prophetic. You receive a word and we'll go home and not even record it, not even listen to it. Come on. God is speaking for a reason. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to call some people out. If somebody can just move this out of the way, then I can stand up here. Let me just get all my stuff out of here. Because I'm, I'm just going to call a couple of people out. I think Pastor Mark said I can go until 2 in the morning. No, he didn't. I'm making that up. Thank you, Jesus. I want this. Are you guys together? Married? Yes. Praise the Lord. Come. Just come stand up here. This lady over here sitting next to them. Come. Just come out here. Thank you, Lord. That lady with the blue over there. Just come out here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to just come make a line. I, I need the ushers to help me. Thank you, Lord. I need that brother with the purple there. Go Tigers. The guy with the hat. Is that your wife next to you? Praise God. Come. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. Just come and make this lady with the beautiful glasses. 
I'll swap you my shoes for your glasses. How's that? Come. Thank you, Lord. And then this couple that came all the way from Oklahoma, you and your husband, just come. Just come stand up here. Thank you, Jesus. Just come stand right up here and then just come up ready to receive fresh manna. Amen. Fresh manna from heaven. Thank you, Lord. And you know what I love about this house? I love the fact that there's such a cross cut of different cultures here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This couple, are you guys together? Come, just stand up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That lady over there, did you come with somebody or are you just here by yourself tonight? Yes. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Are you going to be back over the weekend? Good. No, no, this lady. Come. Come back, back. Come back here. I'm just. Okay, real quick. Receive tonight because God is going to move. If you married, hold her hand. I, I just feel, my brother, look at me. You guys are going to help people to dwell in His presence. I looked at your shirt, it's like, woo! You're going to allow people to come into the presence of God and you're going to create wells of deliverance. You're going to create wells where people can dwell in the overflow of His presence. The presence of God that you carry is going to go to another level. Amen? And God's going to help you. What is your name? Allison. God's going to help you to understand what he carries. Because sometimes it's like, wow, I mean, I'm more intellectual than he is, so I'm going to stay in the intellectual box. And he's going to go into this box where he's just going to be able to play with all his toys. But the Lord says, I'm going to show you how to transition into that place where you are going to experience. See, it's experience. Jesus said to the, to the guy in John 3, you won't experience the kingdom until you receive me. Until you are born again, you won't experience the kingdom. And so I feel that you are going to come into amazing experiences with God. Amazing experiences with God. So much so that as you guys walk in this beautiful partnership, that it's going to overflow into the lives of people. Now can I say, I want to say something else. You need, I hope somebody's recording this for you. Because I don't see Oklahoma as a long-term fit for you. I'm sorry. It's been a great season, but it's a stepping stone. And I saw you transitioning out of that place. Amen. So get ready. Because it's not going to be a tearing. It's going to be a smooth transition. But you needed to go there. You needed to go. It was like a cycle. You needed to go. And God says, but I'm going to bring that to an end. That season is going to come to an end. Amen. And you guys will both be prepared for the next season. Amen. So Father, we just thank you right now. That you have, you have literally prepared them for your presence. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. What is your name? David. And? Ali. David, let me just say this. 
There's 150 questions going through you. God, do I have this? Can I do this? Can I? And I just feel that you have such an amazing ability to lead. You have an ability to lead, but sometimes you underscore yourself. You underscore your value. It's like, no, maybe somebody else should do that. I, no, you have such an amazing, and you've got the sense of humor. Lead with your humor, brother. Lead with that capacity to make people feel like they are worth a million dollars. Amen. Sometimes people think that you're not serious. I wish this guy would just get a little bit more serious. But you are. In your way, you are very, you, you understand the presence of God well. You're a firebrand. You're like burning up all the time. It's like this constant glow. You don't have a pilot light. You have a furnace. And God's saying, you're going to take the furnace you carry and you're going to put it on him. And you're going to come into this amazing furnace of God, David. Because God wants you to touch the hearts of men your age. Men out there your age don't have anything that they can understand because this whole state was so bound in religion. So when you speak church, everybody cringes, especially people your age. And I see you guys carry this valuable, beautiful gift prophesied to the dry bones. How many children do you have? Three. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy. Speak prophetically. Because God is going to use this guy to bring in a generation of people that he thought could never be one. Amen? Amen. So don't lose your sense of humor. So when he said, sleep at night, just throw oil on him. <laughs> and then set it the light. No, no, I'm just joking. Thank you, Jesus. God's given you a dream and a purpose. But sometimes this is what you say. When you hear about things that seem impossible, you say, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true, brother. And God says, I want you to understand my supernatural depth that I'm going to open up to you is going to be too good to be true. Amen. It's going to be, it'll blow your mind. You have an engineering ability on your life. I'm telling you. You can see things other people don't see. So you've got to step into partnership with God and you've got to say, God, if you've given me the ability to be an engineer in terms of what I think, then I want to start a see behind the scenes. Amen? Come on. You represent a generation that needs revival right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. What's your name? Are you guys together? No. Oh, thank Victoria. you, Jesus. Victoria. I just saw an amazing picture on your life. Look at me. God knows all things. Sometimes we don't know how to articulate what we go through. We don't know how to measure. We don't know how to, God, I don't have an explanation. But I felt the Lord say, in this season, I want you to be still. And I want you to know that I'm going to work things out far more above than you can even think you understand. I'm going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And I'm going to bring you into a place of healing and restoration like never before. 
And I want to tell you something. You, I, I see a seed. Look at me. Just look at me. I saw a seed fall to the ground and I saw it die. And the Lord says, because you were prepared for that seed to die, I'm going to give you many other seeds. And there's going to be a multiplication of what you thought you lost. God says, I'm just going to multiply it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you will see no lack. How many children do you have? I just saw your children becoming great giants in the kingdom. And, and the spirit of, see, I don't know where you've come from, but I just see like this, this trial. It's like there's been this long trial and then there's been this grief. And God says, tonight, I'm gonna I want you to listen to me. I'm going to give you supernatural resurrection power. And your testimony is going to bring other couples into a place of healing and restoration. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Jennifer. I like your glasses, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why I'm saying this to you. But from this moment on, you're not going to be overwhelmed by the weight you bear. Because sometimes it's like, God, I, how much can a bear bear? You know? And it's like very, the weight you've been carrying has been so overwhelming sometimes that you feel God's passed you by. Everybody else has been blessed. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody, and yet you carry such extraordinary creative anointing in your life. You're a very creative person. And you've got to put that creativity into action. In Jesus' name. Wow. What's your name? Andrew. Whoa. You guys are super special. Do you lead, Apostle Mark, do you lead a missions team here or a, a missions initiative? But I want to tell you, I see missions all over you. It's all over you. It's like, I just see you leading teams out of this church into all the nations. I saw you going to places like Europe. I saw you going to the Middle East. I saw you going to different places. But you weren't just having like mission trips where people were just going to hang. I saw you going to teach and take back territory. Amen. Come on. I saw you evangelizing and doing things beyond your understanding. Amen? Because you're ready. How many children do you have? You want another one? Because I see three children. And it's like there's been a little bit of apprehension. And the Lord says, I'm cutting off the fear that came with the first pregnancy. There was some fear there. And God says, I'm cutting that fear off. And I just felt, you know, I was sharing this yesterday. We had, oh, this morning, we, we, I've seen over 180 women that were declared barren have children. So the reason why I'm asking is the Lord showed me that there's going to be more kids. Amen. And then, and then I saw God giving you a shop of some sort. Will you be able to do the work you wanted to do in the shop? And you've been crying out and saying, God, how's that going to happen? The Lord says, watch what I'm going to do. 2024 is going to be the year of the open door for you. And God's going to give you the equipment and the shop that you've been crying out for. 
And you're going to start to establish wealth and economy in your family like never before. Because you said, God, I don't want to be subservient to somebody else's vision. I need my own vision. So watch what God will do with your husband. Happy husband, happy wife. Amen. Amen. Happy wife, happy life. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? This is what you've said. God, what can I do in the kingdom of heaven? How, what can I do? I don't think I can do much. But yet you have such a coaching anointing. You like this coach slash instructor slash health guy, health person. And I saw you bringing people into a place of a healthy lifestyle. But the Lord says, in this season, I'm going to bring you into a healthy lifestyle, a healthy emotional quantum. You know, we have an identity quantum, IQ. We have a spiritual IQ, but then we have a health IQ. And so spiritually, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be healthy in your heart. You're going to be healthy in your body. You're going to be healthy. Amen. And I saw the supernatural health come on you. The other thing I saw was God peeling away all the doubt, the fear, and the anxiety so that you can run in and possess the land. Amen. You carry some amazing stuff. In Jesus' name. You are, look at me, you, are a, you pinpoint things in the spirit. I saw you sitting like over a table and I saw you pinpointing different things that God wanted you to do. It was like, there was no confusion. There wasn't like ambiguity. Well, maybe this. But you're very focused and you're very objective and you're very intentional. And this is going to be a season where you start um, um, joining the dots and saying, okay, God, this is the vision. This is the purpose. I'm going to go for it. Once you've accomplished that, that operation, then you're going to find something else to do. Amen? And in the process, you're actually going to create such momentum in your family that they'll want to get saved and want to get healed. Amen? Because they're going to see the fruit on your life. Because that's been one of the biggest things that you've cried out to God for. When will they get saved? When will my household come into a place of peace? This is your season. In the name of Jesus. How long have you guys been married? A little over a year and a half. Okay. I want to just say this. It's like God says, I'm going to do a start over. I'm going to do a start over. In other words, the dreams and the desires and the passion and all the stuff that you had a year ago that's actually become dormant, God says, I'm going to blow on it again. Amen. Come on. He's going to blow on some things in your spirit. He's going to blow on some things. Look at me. Don't worry about she. I think she's getting it all. Because you thought, God... How are we going to, we're going to miss this boat. We're going to miss this thing. The train's pulling out the station. God says, no, I'm going to do a redo for you. I'm going to reestablish your hearts. I'm going to really establish the purposes. I'm going to reestablish the song in your heart. Amen. Come on. This is going to be a season where God's going to start releasing such prophetic anointing, such insights, such the dreams, the desires, the purposes of God. It's like you've put it on the, back, on the back burner because you thought that you weren't ready and you weren't good enough and you weren't this and you weren't that. And God says, no, I'm going to reestablish you in the season. I'm reestablishing the dream. I'm reestablishing the purpose. Amen. Come on, brother. 
<laughs> There's more in you than the eye can see. Don't step back. This is not, you're not ready for the limelight days. You're ready for the convergence. Listen to what I'm saying. The convergence is ahead. That means all the years that you guys have been praying and waiting, and that all comes together. That's a convergence. When you have five rivers coming together, there's a convergence. What happens? The flood. There's a rise of water. There's a rise. And I just see God saying this is going to be a season of convergence. This is, not the, this is not the limelight days. Get ready for a rocking chair, baby. Those days, are, and that's not going to happen. God's going to give you, it's like he's going to refire you and rely on you. And I just see like God's reestablishing you. And you're literally going to fall in love again. You know, I met this lady. Can I brag on you a little bit? Yes. I met her probably in 1990 something in the, in the 90s. 97 98 and i prophesied over her isn't that amazing and i want to tell you something the power and the anointing and it's almost like you've come of age god can trust you with bigger equipment God can trust you with greater anointing, with greater mantle. And sometimes you say, God, I don't know what I carry. I don't know. God says, you carry the anointing to lead women into battle. There is a movement on the earth called the Deborah movement that God's raising up. And I just see you like helping women to flourish. That's what you carry. I see you giving women, young woman, come here, young woman. If you are between, how old are you? 35. Good. You're young. That's right. <laughs> that young lady with the blue, come on, yeah. Come, yeah. Come. If you're between the ages of like 18 and 32, come. 35. Let's make it 35. Come. I want you to lay hands on them. And I want you to speak life over them. I want you to declare, come, come, come. Come. Come, just come and stand here with them. See, you've got to be released in what you carry. Yeah, they're all running like little chickens. Come, come stand next to them. Come stand next to them. Let her in somewhere. Come, turn around. There we are. You've got to learn. No, no, I don't want you to pray. I want her to pray. I want you to say, to start to say, Lord, I decree to say that. I decree. Lord, I decree. Over these young women. Over these young women. Supernatural insight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm taking my position. I'm a mama in the spiritual realm. I speak life over these young women. Thank you, Jesus. Raise up the Deborahs. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking my position as a Naomi in the season. I thank you for the roots that are coming forth. For the roots that are coming forth. The roots that are coming forth. Thank you, Lord, for the roots that are in my sight that I will speak to. Are you hearing what I'm saying, sister? Yes. That's what you carry. So when you see these young women, you need to walk up to them and say, hey, you are, you're going to be a Ruth in this season. God's calling you to be an Esther. You've got to start prophesying. That's what you carry, oh mighty woman of God. Amen. Amen. And stop allowing the enemy to make you feel inadequate. You are a brilliant woman of excellence. 
And you're going to gather young women around you. They're going to sit and listen to you. And you're going to bring them into this beautiful place of maturity. And you're going to expose them to the brilliance of the kingdom of heaven. That's what you carry. You can do whatever you want with them now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That brother over there with the blue shirt on, quickly, just come up here. Yes, you, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Come, that guy with the white shirt on that was sitting with his wife. Come, both of you. Come, just stand, make a line over here. Just make a line. Quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Are you okay? Are you okay, ma'am? Just recovering. Are you okay? You're happy? I'm very happy. Amen. Come on. We've got some giants sitting in the seats. Come on. I gave you a word. Hold hands. David, you and your wife, just hold hands. Just keep on holding hands. That guy in in the back there, are you together? That lady with the blue and the guy with the blue? Yes? You guys know, you know that man? Come, bring him. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. And I saw a sign, like I saw this amazing um, shop, like this beautiful business. And in the window, there was a sign closed. And I saw a hand come in and turn the sign around and say, I'm open. I'm ready. I'm available. I'm I'm, I'm giving everything to the Lord. I am no longer going to live in a place of restriction. And that's where the enemy is wanting you to live. No more. Amen. Say it loud. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive that. Just receive that tonight. God, every confinement is broken off my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. What's your name? Mervyn. This is going to be a season of sonship for you. Come, put your arms around me a little bit. Sonship. Healing. Restoration for you. It's okay. Just let it out because you carry such a beautiful spirit and the enemies try to pervert it and make you feel that you're not adequate. You're always looking in from the outside. And yet you've got such a beautiful anointing on your life to build. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I just see the whole, I just see your whole family, like this generation, this generational lineage getting healed. Because the enemies attacked your generations. The lineage, the genealogy has been attacked. And God says, tonight I'm healing it. Amen. There are family members in your, in your genealogy that haven't spoken to each other. And God says, I'm healing them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How many songs have you written? That was a question. None. You don't want to hear me sing. I don't want to hear you sing either, but I want to see the songs you write. Because you carry such a beautiful ability to write 
and to create. You, are a, you have a creative anointing. You know that most of the songs we sing are written by people that can't even sing a note. You have a, an amazing ability to see and to design. You've got to get into agreement with God and say, God, from this moment on, thank you for showing me things that need to be changed. Thank you for the songs I carry. Thank you for the poetry I carry. Thank you for the ability for me to be able to be a prophetic, a creative prophetic seer. Amen. Amen. Hold hands. Thank you, Jesus. I can tell you right now, you naughty. He is a character. He looks all nice and quiet, but he's a character. And God wants you to know that in this season, he's going to give you a heart for evangelism. You know what that means? It means you'll be able to get away with speaking to people about Jesus without a religious hat. And people, the young men you hang with, all the fishing guys and the hunting guys and these guys are going to come back into the kingdom because they've come around the real. Amen? Because your heart yearns to see your friends get saved. Your heart yearns to see your family get saved. And you're going to come into a season where you're going to see supernatural breakthrough like never before. And I just want to tell you, you have such a beautiful um, anointing and gifting to work with kids. There's a teaching anointing on you. And you've got to stir it up. And don't say this anymore. Lord, I don't think I, can, I'd have, the, I don't think I have the ability. They have all. I, I'm just going to. No, you've got to step out in this week. And you've got to say, God, I come into agreement with you. I am weaponized. I am fully supplied. I'm, I'm full. Because sometimes you battle with your words because you think you're going to irritate some of the religious people you hang around. Is that right? God says no more. So get ready and get positioned. Because I want to tell you, in the next six months, you guys are going to win hundreds of people to the Lord. I'm telling you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Just, take, just stand like this, like you're going to receive bread. Because she's already baking the fresh bread. She's already, she's already standing in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And God says, it's okay, son. Look at me. It's okay that you may not be doing what she's doing. But you are like the canopy that she needs. I saw you as a strong canopy. I saw you as a strong covering. And we all need that. So our anointings are all different. Same Holy Spirit, different expression. But I'll tell you what you do carry. A deep, deep compassion for people. You want to see people healed and delivered and set free. And many times you have sat looking at different scenarios thinking, God, how can I actually participate in being a blessing? And that gets God's attention. Amen. So I want to encourage you. People may not hear a lot out of you, but you carry great fruit that people can eat from. Amen? So Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Look at me, sister. Don't ever feel that you can't manifest. The church needs to see a holy dose of the manifest presence of Jesus. 
because there were prophets that came out of the mountains. Prophets came out of the mountains. And this is not an old, a new thing. It says that they shook and they vibrated under the power. This is, that's in the book of Kings, I think. God says it's time for the eccentric prophets to arise. Amen. Come on. They shook under the power of God. William Seymour, when they had the revival in LA, they shook under the power of God. And it's about time that the Pentecostal church comes back to her roots and starts to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. So in the name of Jesus, I commission you in the Spirit to bring such clarity and such breakthrough in this area of Lafayette that the religious spirit will get on its horse and leave town in the name of Jesus. That's not new. That happened in the Old Testament. Amen. So let me just say this. Be ready. Tomorrow morning I'm speaking on, listen, I'm speaking on what's in your leaven. What's in your yeast. And then tomorrow night I'm speaking on the critical role of the prophet. Amen. My brother, what's your name again? Matthew. I feel the Lord is saying, it's time for you to dream again. You've got a dream. Go home tonight and say, God, I need to dream. Break open that whole area of dreaming. There's a dream that God wants to give. You've carried something in your spirit for years and years and years. And I really feel that as you worship, God's going to give you insight and understanding of how to navigate the next season. But you've got to start a dream. God bless you. I'm going to dream of his coconut rice that he makes. Let me tell you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, possess the land, buddy. Possess the land. Take it. Come on, this is you possessing the land right there. Thank you, Jesus. Little preacher in the making. Come on, buddy. That's it. He's getting Pentecostal on us right now. Come on. Come on. You're running with the fire. Give me five. Give me five. Well, that's it. All right, then. All right. Okay, we're going to end off. I just want to make one comment here. In Corinthians, before the Bible actually says that you are a brand new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible says, Paul speaking, he says, no, no man after the flesh. And I'm saying this for a reason here tonight because it's so powerful how God will use prophetic voice to speak into people. And I'm watching it. And I'm saying this for a reason here tonight. God never prophesies according to your flesh. He prophesies according to your identity. Are you with me? He prophesies according to His intention and divine identity on your life. Are you with me? All right, He's, he's not, he's, he, and, and then that brings the faith to bring you out of wherever you are to line up with that identity. It's so powerful. Understand the prophetic, amen? All right, well, Go ahead, be blessed. There's no amen in the end of the book of Acts because we're still in it. Go out in the highways, in the bower, go and evangelize, knock on your neighbor's doors. No, not tonight. I'm just kidding. Go and get some rest. We'll see you in the morning. Everybody, God bless you. We love you. Jesus is Lord. Lord.